Hi, and welcome to Behind the Bar, a podcast that talks about conversations beyond the dance class. I'm Krista. And I'm Taylor. And welcome to Behind the Bar. Behind the bar, behind the bar. Five, six, seven, eight. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Krista. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I've got my coffee here. Actually, it's tea. I should say tea. I'm drinking tea. Uh, Tea. It's the month of October. Yep. Tea, but we're drinking candy cane tea. (laughs) We are clearly ready for Christmas to come around. Yeah, we're 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 over it. We're ready for Christmas. We're ready for life to move forward. Apparently, once the snow hit the ground, I was like, I'm done. I'm. It's Halloween is ruined. True. I'm ready to put up my tree. True. It's a very 2020 thing that. So where we live, snow came. And it's normal to get a little bit of snow and then it melts. Yeah. But somehow this year we got snow and then we got more snow. Oh, and then more snow. <laughs> and it isn't going anywhere. Yeah, I've had to shovel my walkway multiple times. Yeah. Which just, you know, makes me yeah super happy. It's going to be the longest winter <laughs> of my life. Probably. And I don't do winter. No. I don't do winter. So we felt today was very fitting. I should probably put the Christmas tree up. But we felt it was very fitting to move into candy cane <laughs> Teas. Anything candy cane, peppermint, yeah, like I know. winter mint. Oh. Winter mint. If there was a winter mint tea, you best believe I would be drinking that like it was water. Is that the green lifesaver candy? Yeah. Isn't it winto mint? No, it's winter mint. Oh, I thought it was winto. <laughs> like winto? Tea. I thought it was W-I-N-T hyphen O hyphen mint. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it's winter mint. You know mint. what? I'm sure our <laughs> listeners really want us to look into this. I feel like it's winto mint. Taylor yeah. feels like it's winter mint. She might be right. <laughs> Either way, did you know, fun fact about those mints, fun fact, those specific mints, this also might be other mints. I only know it about the Winto mint though, or Winter mint, by Lifesaver, mm-hmm. right? It's yep. that nice green package, yep. delicious tasting mint. Did you know if you put them in your mouth and you go into a dark room, the light's off, and you bite them, they spark? Haven't I done this with you before? You have done that with me. That was one of the first things we ever did together. Yeah, one of the very first things. Our friendship. Come into this dark room with me and look in my mouth. And she did. She did it. And we've just never looked back since. (laughs) We knew in that moment. So if you're looking for something fun to do with your family, you know, while we're all kind of in this situation where we're at home more than ever buy a pack of winter slash winto mints winto mints sounds more fun right shove them in your mouth i use the bathroom because there's not a lot of usually like <laughs> windows in there so i brought taylor into my bathroom shut the lights off close the door look in the mirror and bite the mints they spark in your mouth that's what makes them do that do you also have to chant winter mint winter mint winter mint like bloody <laughs> mary so you see it in the mirror before yeah. you do it well don't do that you might summon something <laughs> bad some bad bad vibes anyway fun activity fun for the kids great science experiment look perfect it up. okay <laughs> moving on moving on <laughs> moving on to the actual podcast subject so uh we're going to talk about Um, some students or today we're going to tell a story about a specific student uh any names I ever mention are um 
we make up different names so that we're obviously not um, you know, exposing or breaking anybody's uh, privacy. So the the situations are the same. However, we do change the names so that we're respecting other people. Um, okay, so this specific story is a student of mine. Oh my goodness. She was around for a long, long time. So I think actually she started dancing with me when she's older now, graduated, done, moved on. Um, she, <laughs> she's, old, she's, she's, she's old now, but she started dancing with me right when I opened the studio. So she was probably like four years old, uh, grew up with us. She was a company dancer, a competitive dancer. She did it all very, very into her dance. Um, she grew up in a great family. She, um, you know, she had siblings, she had a mom and dad. They were quite a wealthy family, kind of gave their kids the world. Um, perhaps not a ton of rules. Right. in the family um you know as this child got older i noticed a lot of things within the family that i wasn't aware of um i think there was like a lot of alcohol abuse so these situations started happening where uh the mom would be notoriously late to pick up this student from ballet class so i think i taught her monday nights till like 10 o'clock or something and the mom would never show up and when she did show up she always kind of smelled like alcohol started noticing in the mornings that um, like in the earlier parts of the day, if I was to run into her or she was to bring the child to class, the mom would have the shakes, almost kind of like that withdrawal situation. Yeah. So, you know, you just start noticing there's stuff going on with this family. The mom picked up the dancer one night and actually had an open beer between her legs while she was at the, in the driver's seat. Ready Which to- I don't know if you guys know, but that is illegal. <laughs> I think it's pretty much almost illegal everywhere <laughs> in North America. I don't know about everywhere else, but yes, drinking and driving is illegal. Um, right. And as this child became into high school, the mom and the dancer became, you know, best friends, best party friends. Oh, okay. Right? Ah. So a lot of that started happening where, you know, and I mean, I, we see this a lot. I'm sure all of you see this a lot. The parent starts becoming the friend. They start... Um, you know, my daughter's not liking dance class. My daughter doesn't want to be there all the time. She wants to hang out with her friends. And that's, that's something I always struggle with because I always say to the, the parents, you know, like, um, yet your kid at this point, as they enter, you know, those hard years of being a teenager, they really feel that they're missing out on everything going on around them. Like if they can't go to the mall after school, they're missing out. If they Mm -hmm. can't go to the party on whatever night it is, they're missing out. And especially now with social media just in their faces all the time, they always think they're missing out. And I feel like this goes back to something that we've talked about in previous weeks where it's just dance has such a discipline. Yeah. And it's a very structured thing. It brings you structure in your life. And I feel like, Right now in the world that we live in, teenagers and children just are so adamant about not wanting structure. They run away from it. There are those fair few who thrive on it, but for the majority of it, it's really, really hard to get someone to adjust to structure once 
they don't have a support system. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, especially now, the student I see in today's world compared to the student I even saw six years ago mm-hmm. are completely different people. And I will get into that in a later podcast. Um, but I blame a lot of that on social media and the world we live in today, the instant gratification world, yeah. the constant comparison world. So this particular student, as she got into her teen years and her mom became her best friend and her mom started showing up at the studio with a beer between her legs driving the car like that was super cool and they would laugh about it um i knew that things were kind of going off the rails with her pretty fast yeah so drinking obviously became a thing um recreational drug use started to become a thing uh to the point that she started coming to the studio high which i don't know you guys will not know this but i have seen Krista confront people about drug use or vaping and it is oh, oh. vaping yeah <laughs> that in itself could be a whole hour yeah we, oh yeah we can talk we'll, and we will we'll eventually get there but yeah so obviously I'm assuming for everybody as your studio is a safe space and you have kids of all ages mm-hmm. having a person in your building who is on drugs yep. does not align with my beliefs for sure I'm hoping most studio beliefs that child you don't want in there it affects the whole room. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, you have little kids looking up to these girls. That's what I was going to say is at the end of the day, it's about the environment that you're trying to create, especially considering the fact that she was underage. She was underage. And oh, yeah. She was doing all these things. Yeah. And it's illegal. At, like 100%. That's what it boils down to is the fact that this mom was letting this particular student do all these things. Yeah. And this is the thing. It was a student whose mom encouraged the behavior it wasn't a student who even was like seeking this out which it happens all the time right like secretly doing their own thing Mm -hmm. living their life because they're not going to follow the rules this is a parent who also encouraged the behavior so once this started happening we started to basically tell the student they couldn't attend anymore they could not attend if they had been using they could not attend and as much as i wanted her to you know be part of things that she didn't spiral out of control we had to draw this hard line that she couldn't be in our space. There's only so much that you can do at that point. Well, and I'm not the parent. At the end of the day, none of us are the parent. At the end of the day, you can't parent someone else's kid. No, not our job. It's not your job. No, as much as we feel there are kids, all Mm -hmm. that stuff, they're just not. They're not. They're not. Somebody told me, and this was the one thing that resonated me more with anything, because we call our students our kids. We all do. I know all our listeners do. Our kids, our kids, our kids. We did not birth them. Unless you birthed this child, they are not your kid. And that parent will rip that child away from you, whether it's leaving your studio, whatever it is, as fast as they can. The loyalty for that stuff is not there. They are not your children. They are your students. And that is a line that I've really learned. It's taken me a long time, but I've really learned to draw it. They are not your kids. You can call them that, but really we probably even shouldn't. We did not give birth to them. At the end of the day, the parent is going to look out for their child, not for you. Yep. And that's why it hurts so much when something happens. Because we really treat them like our own kids. They become our family. Yeah, because as we've like we've spoken about this time and yeah. time again, and we've kind of drilled it into like everyone's heads at this point that your studio is your family. But 100%. at the same time, they're not. At the yeah. same time, they're customers, and this is a business, and it's just, it's a really, really thin line. Oh, yeah. It's this blurred gray area we all dive into. Yeah. But I just, that comment of, if you didn't birth them, they're not your children, stop it. I was like, huh, you're right. That's very true. It's you should very have to go feeling. home and feel 
such like guilt or feel like you're not doing a good enough job for someone else's child, you know? Yeah. There's a line. Yeah, totally. So this particular student, um, she, yeah, she stuck around off and on. We, she started to cut back classes. She stopped competing. All the kind of things you start to see once a teenager's, you know, choosing other options. Um, And then it got to this point where, yeah, she was no longer allowed to come because it wasn't safe to have her in the building. Uh, And that, you know, drug use is not permitted on our premise. It's just not a thing. So uh, right before, so this would have been in her final year of high school because she was an adult when this happened. Um, She wasn't dancing with us anymore. And she was dating a lot of questionable young men, uh, young men that were involved in the drug scene, drug dealers, this, that, and the other. So all of a sudden one day I get up and there is a, a news story. It's in the paper. It's on the news. It's a huge story. So there was this massive drug ring in our country um, where they were transporting drugs across from city to city. And the boyfriend of this student was one of the heads in this drug ring. And if you could see my face right now, it just (laughs) went realization as to where the story is going. So the story for her goes, so in the paper, I wake up, her name is plastered everywhere. And while this is not, I mean, obviously happening to me, it is affecting me because this is somebody who grew up right in front of my face in Mm -hmm. our studio. Everybody knows who she is, where she danced. She was a student teacher. She was a soloist. She was everything, right? So story hit, it's the the headlines. There's been a big drug bust. Um, There is a girl whose name is mentioned the entire time who is part, who is on the scene during the drug bust. And the cops, there was an undercover cop who comes up to the car to buy drugs. The deal goes bad. My student, ex-student at the time, pulls out a, um, so yeah, this was her final year of high school because she was tried as an adult. So So she was 18. She was 18, but she was still in school because it furthers, we further with her after this. So she gets out of the car and she holds a, and this is what she went to jail for. She went to jail. (laughs) Spoiler she holds yes, holds a sawed off shotgun to the cop's head. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to ask this because once again, I'm not in the know. I'm not an aficionado of any sort, a gun connoisseur or anything like that. Um, what is a sawed off shotgun? So... <laughs> Yeah. So a sawed-off shotgun is illegal because what it is, so like a shotgun, which is, I don't know a ton about guns either. Once again, we don't don't, go shooting things every day. So So a shotgun would be like that long gun that you use for hunting, Mm -hmm. but they're illegal. You saw them off, so they become more like a handgun. Right. So she had sawed this shot, or who, not necessarily she, somebody had sawed the shotgun off. So that it was now more like a handgun, super illegal to have. All and I'm thinking of is like the weirdest, like Western mafia movie that I've ever seen. And I just, I'm shocked. I really, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's funny because it's not a world I grew up in. 
or yeah. a world that I even understand. Yeah, I can say the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know a lot about this, but that is a sawed-off shotgun, is you take that lo- gun because it has that long nose piece, yeah. and you cut it down. Now, I don't know if you cut it down because it has more, like... I'm not certain. Like, if you cut it down, does it have more bang for its buck? <laughs> more, more bang more for bang. its buck. You know, because it's not as... I don't know. I don't know why you would saw one off. Well, let me just... I just pulled up a picture of a sawed-off okay. shotgun. And is it what I'm describing? Because I might it even is. be wrong. It's, uh, the first thing that popped up was sawed-off shotgun is pointless. But <laughs> it looks shorter. So maybe it's just... They just, yeah, bang for buck. They want yeah, it done I don't, quicker. I don't know why you want it shorter. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just easier to conceal in the, because we don't have, like in Canada, we don't have, like we can't carry guns. No. We don't have concealed weapon light. Like we don't have any of that. Because our gun laws, you have to have them locked up. So you I'm wondering who, like, was this gun unlicensed? Probably. I have no like, idea. But either way, they sawed it off. So And that, held it to a police officer. to a police, an undercover, an undercover cop. cop. Yeah, so this... Was this before or after they knew he was a cop? Uh, you know what? I don't know. That would be an interesting thing to figure out. I just... I know from the story that the the drug deal went wrong. Right. And... Because it was an undercover deal. Mm-hmm. And then this... This and came this out came of it. from it. It's super interesting. Interesting fact, non-related to the story. Right. But the first house I bought, like my first house I bought... <laughs> yeah. It was on for a really good deal. The reason, it's so funny that this happened. The reason is because the man who owned the home was also part of... The drug ring? The drug ring. The same drug ring? Yes. But so this story came a few years later where, because it kept going, but he was also somebody high up who ended up going to jail and he had to sell his possessions. And so I got this good deal on this house because he was, and I remember being afraid to buy the house because I was afraid... That meth was cooked in it. Right. I would be too. <laughs> well, or that somebody was going to come knocking. Yeah. More than that. <laughs> that did not even cross my head. I wasn't head, really so afraid of that till Clearly now. two separate people. <laughs> Again, but it was it was like, we, I bought this house off this like drug lord. It's, it's really funny. Like, it's, it's just really funny. Obviously, this keeps showing up in my life for whatever reason. And we're saying that we live in a very safe community. We do. We do. We, we do. do. We do. Just we just think- buy houses from drug lords. Yeah, and-, and then the students follow. But isn't that weird? Like, that's a weird connection. It was yeah. obviously somewhere in the universe that was meant to to come back at me. That is so weird. So weird. But anyway, <laughs> continuing on. Yes. Okay. So where we live, because we are in Canada, our gun laws are a little bit different than down in yeah. the U.S. We don't see a lot of this. No. Um, so <laughs> she is part of, and it's this is mind-blowing. I'm reading my student's name, somebody who has been part of my family, in my house, all the things. Yeah. Is now in jail being held. Because she was part of this drug bust, because she was helping deal the drugs, and she held a sawed-off shotgun to a cop's head. I, to an undercover cop's head. I, you know, there's, I watch a lot of crime shows, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I can't imagine, like, the feeling. It would literally make my heart sink into my stomach, because it's like someone that you've watched grow up, and they're doing these terrible things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a guilt. Yeah. Well, it's also an eerie feeling because you yeah. go, okay, they've been. In this my person home. knows where I live. They yeah. know my name. They know this. They know that. And I've been a constant in this person's life. So you become very hyper aware that what if they reach out to you? Mm-hmm. So story breaks. 
everybody's talking about it. Everybody's texting me, calling me. Oh my gosh, have you seen? Have you seen? She was one of yours. And I'm like, I have, I, there's nothing I can really say. She wasn't affiliated with us. Clearly we didn't cause this problem, blah, blah, blah. Dad phones me. The dad of the t- child phones me. Krista, I need to talk to you. We need you to be a character reference for my child because we need to get her out of jail. And I'm sorry, just going back a little bit, the mom was a very big partier to this woman. The mom? This girl. Yeah. And the mom. And the dad. And the dad. Okay. So the mom and the dad also was a big partier. He also um, had a lot of DUIs. He left, lost his truck for a while. He drove his truck into a telephone pole downtown drinking and driving. So this family is actually a very um, reputable family in our city. People know them. Uh, They run a business. People know them. But a lot has happened. Right. A lot has happened. So can you be a character reference? We need to get her out of jail. Uh, she's right now just in a holding cell, you know, all, all this stuff a parent would say. She didn't do this. This isn't her, blah, 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 blah. But she did do it and it is her. <laughs> it is. So I hold the line of, I can't honestly do the character reference, um, because I won't be a good reference due to the fact that I know when we asked her to leave the studio that she was doing drugs and that she was already hanging out with this guy. And yeah. I, I knew these things were kind of coming at her. I didn't realize it was going to result in this, but we knew this was going on. And there's no point in lying. No. Like just- so, and I'm not going to lie because, oh my goodness, I don't want to be on a witness stand. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. So I, I, no, I'm good. So they advance in their situation. She ends up getting a letter written from the, the guy she was dating who is still in prison to this day, um, who basically says, you know what, she didn't know what was going on. She just got in the car. She's innocent. Blah, blah, blah. She ends up getting off. So she gets off and now they are going to, you know, rehabilitate her and make her life better and get her into positive environments. So who's the first person they call? Ding, ding, ding. Miss Krista. (laughs) And they want to get her back in dance because this is going to be positive and it's a great place for her to be. And, you know, we'll help look after her. And I, I it was a conflict for me. Like, I, I didn't know. Do we let her back? Do we mm-hmm. not let her back? But you know what? I believe in people getting second chances. I believe in. So we, we had her back. And Which I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, it says a lot about the dance community. And, like, as a whole, the fact that you were the first person that they felt that they could come to in order to turn her life around totally yeah it does there's a positive in that it does yeah and it was very very interesting so she comes to dance and she is one of those people that doesn't really have a filter on her mouth so she's talking about the holding cell and how boring it was because they wouldn't even give her a magazine and i'm like yeah because that's called jail you're in jail so why would you get a magazine like just funny funny things like that that she really she just she very sheltered life in terms of that stuff yet went down this just wrong path yeah so her dance class went went later at night than her actual um, like curfew? parole curfew right. was. So we had to work alongside her parole officer. Like it was a huge thing. <laughs> like I had to do check ins with the parole officer. She had an ankle bracelet. Like yeah. this whole this whole thing. I mean, I really hope that you and like added that into any year end show. This ankle bracelet <laughs> and got the girls matching ones. <laughs> so she's back at the studio. She's dancing, and then we. Um, we, we decided to do, we used to go to conventions. We would travel to different cities and go to the conventions. And, oh, you can hear my dog's feet probably clicking around <laughs> down here. Okay, there we go. We're going to pick him up yeah. so he's more quiet. Perfect. Um, okay, so 
we're we, we're going to conventions and she decides that she also wants to come on a convention, which means we're now taking this criminal with us to a different city with a group of kids. Same thing, curfew. She has to be back at the hotel at a certain time. Yeah. And we take her. Looking back on it now, why did I take her? Why did I not make the parents do it? But again, I was in this like, you know, I want what's best for her. I want to help her. I want to give her everything we can give her. Let's make her better. So we bring her on this trip. Which just spells disaster. Just I'm very, <laughs> and again, no filter, no anything. So we get to the other city and she has to be very clearly like in the hotel or at least touching the hotel wall <laughs> by, a, by I think it's like 9 p.m. or right. something. So we're out for dinner one night and she is on the phone the whole time. And I'm like, who are you? Like she's talking and talking and she's telling this person how much she loves them and all this kind of stuff. So after she gets off the phone, I'm like, who the heck were you talking to for so long? Oh, just my boyfriend. Oh. In jail. It was his call or whatever of the night. Yeah. So while she's out, even though this has happened, she's been, she is going to go to trial for a shot, sawed off shotgun. She's had the letter, so at least she's not in prison. But she's on parole. She has curfew. She has clear guidelines. She's phoning the same guy in jail, having lovey-dovey conversations because they're so in love and they're going to be together. He's still not out to this day. But oh, but, so in love. Oh, so in love. And and I'm shocked. And we have, she's like 18 or 19 at this time. And we have students with us who are like eight, nine. God. And she's like, oh, just talking to my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. The one in jail, like on and on and on. And he says, it's like, yes, this in here and that in there. Anyway, we had to be back in the hotel room early every single night. And it was, it was terrifying. Like me and a couple of my other teachers, we were on constant guard of like, what are yeah, we like, doing? What is she going to say? What's going to happen? What's she going to do? Is she going to steal? Is she going to? I wonder to... if she was even allowed to talk to the boy. Like it's the whole I, thing. I don't know what the rules are on that. <laughs> I don't know. But surprisingly she... enough, I've never known anyone. No. In the situation. Yeah. So yeah, so that was our, that was our, one of our first experience, extreme experiences of a s- extreme story with a student. Right. And so, I mean, after that point, we, nothing happened on the trip other than her making the calls to prison. Um, we came back, she danced, she did finish out the season. You know, good for her. Good for her. And to be quite honest, today, like, so that was, my gosh, this story is probably 10, 11 years ago, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is doing really great. She has great. kids. She's married. She seems to be on the straight and narrow. I honestly not don't know how her again. family's actually doing. Yet yeah, her guy didn't get out of prison, so she moved on. Um, but it would that was an extreme circumstance in 100%. our studio. And I bet you it's probably taught you a lot. <laughs> And it was, that was my first, because again, I was young when I started the studio, so that was my first, like, student that kind of grew up with me, yeah. where this huge event happened. Even watching the person start doing the drugs and the drinking, that was kind of my first batch of teenagers, where I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, who would do this stuff? And, like, as sad as it is, it's only gotten worse. Like, oh, the, way worse. Like... Way worse. The stuff they have access to is way worse. But yeah, her story did not pan out, and I... I don't know if any other studio, and I'd be interested to hear from our listeners, like if any other studio has had a similar experience like this. Yeah. I felt that this was very extreme. This was a very isolating story. <laughs> um, not a lot of people I could share it with. And this was kind of that defining moment where I kept saying, 
when I retire, I'm going to write a novel series because a lot's happening in this building. And this is like a very like climactic chapter where we dealt with a girl, her name being all broadcast over the papers. Um, I think there was even an article about like how she grew up a dancer and it just like, it didn't look good. It did not. And we live in a small town. Yes, we do. A small enough town. I, I can tell you this. As we go through these podcasts, we seem to have an abundance of either parents or students who have spent time in jail. Oh, we behind live, the behind, bar. Behind the bar. <laughs> we, we don't live in a non-safe community. No. We just have these very interesting circumstances that have come up. So I'm, I would be interested to know if anybody else has had something like this happen. But I mean through it all and like she has said to me now because we do still talk um Mm -hmm. she has told me that dance was a really big part of her life yeah a really big saving part of her life something that she still felt she could connect to even when she kind of lost all reality as to what was happening in her world which is super cool like it's It's, it goes to show once again like i said how important it is and the fact that they chose you to help rehabilitate her and get her on the straight and narrow again. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, it works. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's our, that, that is our, our story about our student to our first student <laughs> who made the headlines, spent some time in jail and then came back to us and who we had to look after. And it's crazy. Like we, as a staff, we talk about it now and we just laugh going like, what were we thinking having the student come back in, having the student come to a different city with us, having to, like, I worked full on with her her parole officer. Her parole officer and I were tight. I had to fill out forms. I had to phone. I had to make sure, like, Mm -hmm. it was stressful. It was a lot of responsibility, more than I really think I should have ever taken on. But as studio owners, we do that. We take on crazy responsibilities that we probably don't need to because we just, at the end of the day, we care and we want what's best for the kids. And I wanted her to get the help she needed. So sounds like she did. She did. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening to episode four of Behind the Bar. Check us out on our Instagram at Behind the The Bar Bar Pod. Behind the Bar B A R R E Pod. Or email us Behind the Bar Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day. Bye.